Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy, our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com. Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy, our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com. Progressive is proud to honor our veterans by donating vehicles to move their lives forward, especially in times of need. This year celebrates eight years and more than 750 vehicles donated. Learn more about their Keys to Progress program and plans for 2020 at keystoprogress.com. Some call it insight. Others call it vision. At Pershing, we call it perspective. A perspective you'll benefit from, from a custodian you can rely on. One who can help navigate the big picture and whose products give you a competitive edge. One who considers everything. What will help you succeed today and tomorrow? Open yourself to a new perspective and open the possibilities. Consider everything. BNY Mellon Pershing. Learn more at pershing.com slash RIA. Pershing Advisor Solutions, LLC. Member FINRA SIPC. It's Monday with Mikey and Murph. We talking Raiders and football dirt. Sing it with me now. Because we are a unique Raider talk show. We're going to have good times. Let's go. It's Mondays with Mikey and Murph. Oh, here we are in playoff contention. Everybody knows we're not pretending. It's Mondays. With Mikey and Murph. Let me turn off this sound. Hey, that's right. We had audio issues, but I'm still going to rap. Let's go. Because we're going to make it to the playoffs somehow. I don't know. Just win anyhow. It's Monday. With Mikey and Murph. We talking Raiders and football dirt. Because we are a cool Raider talk show. We got Murph. That's good. Let's go. It's Mondays. With Mikey and Murph. Woo! Hey, Murph, we had a little bit of audio issues, but we got the show going. We are here after a one-week delay, but the Raiders are in playoff contentions, technically. How you feeling, Murph? I'm doing fantastic, Mikey. It's great to be here, and it's a beautiful thing when the Raiders are in playoff contention, my friend. I haven't been able to say this since 2016, and we never have once said that in this show. Uh, not that I'm aware of, no, I'm, but that's uh, sure is a nice place to be and certainly unexpected. So all you haters can suck it. All right. Just a reminder, this is Mondays with Mikey and Murph. Uh, every Monday, we try to get you guys to show, review the game and talk over a little bit of headlines. We do accept donations during the show. If you'd like to ask a question on air, Super Chat is open and available. And we will try to get to your question after each and every segment. Also, information about calling the phone numbers, leaving us questions for future shows. All the information is on the scroll above you. And then we got Murph, my amazing co-host, does a lot of fantastic things on his channel. Let him quickly tell you about his adventures on the YouTube scale. 
Yeah, so uh, w- uh, please subscribe to the uh, Murph's Fan Cave podcast. Uh, or Murph. Let me back up. Please subscribe to the Murph's Fan Cave YouTube channel. That's youtube.com slash Murph's Fan Cave, M-U-R-F-S Fan Cave. If you like Raiders content, we have exclusive Raiders content over there. Our flagship show is Raiders Fan Radio, and we do that show live every Wednesday. Not this Wednesday, because we, we're taking a week off. But other than that, like for the majority of the weeks uh, on Wednesday nights, we go live around six or seven o'clock uh, on central standard time. And uh, you can see us do our audio recording of Raiders fan radio live. Uh, and so uh, check that out, please. And subscribe to us there. Smash the bell or the button or the subscribe in or whatever it is you crazy kids do with your YouTube. Please do that and, uh, and help support uh, what we do over at Raiders fan radio. And other than that, if you want to find us in an audio podcast, just search for Merce fan cave on any podcast service. And just to let everybody know, the last couple of times we've done a show, um, I've had major internet issues on my end. So some of the graphics and video gets a little bit of choppy. And I know you guys deserve quality, quality content. But unfortunately, sometimes with internet and services, it's not always available. So, But in future shows, we might have to record, then upload later to see if we get better quality. But that is on my end, so I will take the brunt of that. My 100% apologies. Uh, we also got some major fires in my area in Saddle Ridge and Silmar, and that affects quality as well. But hey, I'm not an official studio. I'm just a fan trying to do it best out of my garage studio. But that being said, we got a lot to get to on today's show. So Murph, are you ready to get into the headline, headlines, breadlines? We actually got questions on today's show. We're going to be like first week. We're going to ask questions. I like it. I like it. Let's Let's ask some questions. Ask some questions. Let's get right into Let's do a change of scenery, and we'll get into it. Oh, I forgot to add special effects. Great. I didn't do it this time. Hey, well, there it is. There's the beautifulest sight you'll ever see. Me and Murph on a graphic from an MTV logo, which I truly, truly love. All shout-out credit goes to designers. Uh, So everybody else, suck it, as Murph just (laughs) That's what I'm talking about. Coming in hot. Coming in hot. We got a little bit of a different segment to start today's show. We, we, I wanted to give you guys a little bit of news that just came in. News. So let's start with this. According to Victor Fur, the Raiders released running back Damian Crockett and Reed signed James Butler to the practice squad. We also added wide receiver Anthony Ratliff Williams to the practice squad an undrafted rookie out of North Carolina. And then this is kind of cool, Murph. Zay Jones is wearing the number 12, and I'm really excited for Zay Jones. Cornerback Isaiah Johnson returned to practice, so that officially starts the 21 window to be activated off of IR. And according to Victor, Gabe Jackson and Cleveland Farrell have returned to practice, but yet no sign of wide receiver Tyrell Williams. Any issues on that one, Murph? No, all looks good. What did you say that new wide receiver was? What's his name? Jay Jones. He's going to no, wear no, number no. 12. No, I know him, but the other one, the other one we just signed, was like today. Oh, yeah. So added wide receiver Anthony Ratliff-Williams to the practice squad. Yeah, I'm that guy. I've been a huge fan of Anthony Ratliff-Williams. I don't know nothing about him. I got to research it later. I don't know either. I just made that up. It's all good. But this <laughs> is kind of interesting. This is an interesting headline news about the NFL and the hypocrisy. And how they're definitely watching everything the Raiders do this year. They're even going back to games and finding hits from players like Incognito. They weren't able to officially 
incognito during the Bears game, but they got him a week later after reviewing it. So the NFL finds Richie Incognito. Raiders guard Richie Incognito boasted about how look at look how they wrote it. Incognito boasted about how physical he and his teammates were in Sunday's win over the Bears. Why can't we boast about it? But the league's office says that he got physical twice. The NFL fined Incognito 21 grand for two infractions in Sunday's game. One fine was 10,000 for a shot block. The other fine was for another 10,000 for unnecessary roughness. Uh, what's your first reaction to this? Uh, I think that the NFL is over officiating this stuff and it's, and it's, it's it's kind of disturbing, and you have people coming out of the woodwork from you know high profile ESPN personalities like Mike Greenberg to you know the Tony Dungy. I mean, you name it. Like a lot of the pundits now, uh, guys that are typically company men and kind of uh, toe the line for the NFL are now coming out and speaking out against not only the officiating but against this stuff about taking the physicality out of football. And it's it's just crazy, like you just said right there. Like, why would you not boast about being physical? It's freaking football. It's supposed to be physical. Now, you know, look, I've never been one to support dirty play but like what incognito did in that game what they considered unnecessary roughness pushing himself up by you know smashing that guy's face down into the into the turf like alzado smiling in his grave man like that's not like you know what i mean like he didn't like and try to like hurt somebody after a play was over to like ruin their season or something you know what i mean it wasn't like that kind of a dirty play he just freaking like smashed the guy's helmet like come on man like you know at some point um, there will be enough of a backlash where this stuff will start to slow down. The the bad news for us as fans that support um, a, rev, a, 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 a what am I trying to say that that want to see it go back to a little bit more of a, of, of a physical game. The bad news is is that ratings are through the roof. Like the ratings on a football game are like. I forget what I read the other day. I might be messing these numbers up, but say it's like 16 million people watch like a regular season NFL game, like 5 million people watch the Dodgers playoff game the other day. You know what I mean? Like a regular season NFL game more than triples MLB playoff games. Like it's not even close. It's not even like, and like the NBA and NHL, they're not even in the same remotely close, same league as the NFL is in terms of viewership. And it only goes up every year. So as long as we keep watching, they're going to keep making money and they're going to keep doing whatever they want with it. So it's, it's kind of tricky, but I'm glad to see at least the people that are, that have big, uh, high profile, that have big voices in the media. They're, you know, using that to vocalize. They're using their platforms to, to put it out there. So hopefully get some attention to get some track, uh, that way. Cause stuff like this is just, it's goofy. It's just ridiculous. It's not football. Yeah. My take on it is I'm just upset that, um, the NFL is technically coming after and trying to set a tone for what they called troubled players. Uh, so do they technically look at all the games for almost every other player in the NFL that technically does not have a history? Do they try to find egregious hits every week with every single player in the NFL? No, they target certain players. And Richie Incognito was the target of that effect for them to get money to save face against the Raiders. We, the NFL has, in my opinion, screwed the Raiders so much in the past seasons, whether it be travel schedule, you know, going after players like Perfect, now Incognito. Again, I, I'm just upset, and the truth is in the pudding. The NFL, Derek Carr and John Gruden even said it in a conference call 
in the legal um, appeal for Anchez Burfick that the NFL has it out for the Raiders. And I'm just going to leave it at that. But, let me, so, but let's say this, though, too, Mikey. That's not new. That's been going on <laughs> since 1960. I mean, you know, for real. Like, I mean, or at least since Al Davis stood up to the league anyways, not for the entire history of the organization, but since the 70s, you know, ever since Al started pushing back on the league, the league started pushing back on the Raiders, and it's just been like that forever. I mean, ever we're talking like pre-merger stuff, you know, the, all the different, uh, you know, conflicts he had with, with, uh, with, um, with Roselle, and it just... You know, look, man, it's just that's part of being a, a, a Raider fan is just having to deal with this kind of trash, you know, but the the that Raiders of old, though, would overcome this and then still win in spite of it. And that's what truly has built one of the founding uh, one of the, the pillars of this organization was that being able to fight through that adversity, being able to fight through the penalties and the league stacking things up in, against you. And, you know, and, and now Davis and all the thing, all the pressure that they put on him unnecessarily and all. And then we won anyways. Like that's that was the hallmark of the Raiders organization. So hopefully we're returning to that. Well, that's a good segue for me. I just thought with the addition of the NFL basically owning Mark Davis, in my opinion, and going to Vegas, that we're making the NFL so much money that they can give us a few exceptions here and there. But they haven't, and it pisses me off. But this has possibly galvanized the team. All the Antonio Brown drama, the travel schedule, uh, the the fines, perfect. We have been galvanized, and it is showing in our young team. And I asked a question from our opinion, not the experts or those idiots, from us, the experts on our team. Are we a playoff team, Murph? Well, my heart says yes. I mean, my heart thinks they're going to win the Super Bowl every year. So, you know, just ask my kids. They're always like, you know, okay, dad, whatever. Because I'm just like, you know, they say how the Raiders are going to be this year. I'm like, oh, we're going to go undefeated and win the Super Bowl. They're like, okay, dad. You know, so, I mean, that's just, that's the, my, my heart says, sure. I mean, you see the potential, you see the, the, the young players, you see the culture of the organization has shifted, you see the performance, you see the capabilities, the, the quality of coaching, like, like, yeah, like everything tells you that, okay, things keep going this way that we will be, but I'm also in my head, a Raiders fan. And I've been kicked in the nuts by this team one too many times to be like, Oh yeah, we're a playoff team. So, you know, until we see it and until we see it repeated, that's when all like my confidence level will return. And I will emphatically sit here and tell you, yes, we can be a playoff team because while 2016 was great and all look what we followed it up with. Right. So once we do it and then we repeat it, then that's when, then, uh, you know, I'll, you'll sit here and he- hear me make good predictions about the team. And that's not me being negative about it. It's just me being look real. Like, I mean, I just, you know, look, and that's all of you, right? I mean, we've all been just kicked square in the nuts by the Raiders over and over and over again. So are we a playoff team? I don't know. I hope so. But, you know, <laughs> we'll find out, like, you know, and I'm not trying to be shady to your question. I mean, it's a fair question. I just, I don't know, man. We'll see. Don't worry about ple- pleasing the, re- the Raider fans. Uh, Stephen Thayer, thank you for the donation. What's good, Raider Nation? He wrote F. Aaron Rodgers. We're going to talk about Green Bay in our game preview. Uh, so the, going back, oh, thank you, Stephen Thayer. We call him Capital Raider now. He got a nickname on the show the other night. Capital oh, nice. Raider. Capital Raider. I like it. Capital Raider. Uh, so 
Are we a playoff team? Well, as of last week, technically we were. But now that we've had a bye week, if you look at the standings, we are just outside because they had an extra week, some of the other teams. But are we a playoff team? No, not until we're in the playoffs. But that doesn't mean we're not acting like one at this point. That is good to galvanize our team. So truthfully, we're not a playoff team because we need to build and keep getting better off of the success we have now. And that brings me into our next segue because what's our identity? I think we kind of got one now. But I want to ask you, Murph, on offense and defense, what is your true calling or what do you think our identity truthfully is from your perspective at this point or if we even have one? Well, I think one of them is certainly uh, uh, unfolded, and that is the the prominence of the West Coast offense and Josh Jacobs with in his role in that offense. When you think about all the famous West Coast offenses throughout history, um, you know when you look at like, we'll just start with the with the Niners with where it started with Bill Walsh. You know, it, it, Roger Craig was the first thousand yard receiving running back and thousand yard rushing running back. It produced that type of results at that position, and Josh Jacobs. Jacobs can very much be that guy. He's got the physicality of somebody like Roger Craig and he's got the pass catching ability. And it's, I mean, so I think ultimately it's, it's the, 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 the scheme of the West coast offense and then that player specifically, and then what he's going to be able to do. And we've seen it when it's clicking, it's impressive, man. And the kid's a rookie. So, I mean, this is awesome. So I think that's definitely an identity we're building offensively defensively. I think that they're, there's there's an identity forming, uh, which is not the one that they intended to, uh, but we're starting to see a lot of physicality, and we suspected this was going to happen, but we're, we're seeing a lot of physicality in the secondary, and I think that's impressive. When you look at the way that these guys come up and they, they tackle, they play physical. Don't you just feel like the Raiders are just playing closer to the line of scrimmage. Like even when guys are like, even when the passes are getting completed, like receivers are paying for it. And a lot of times it's linebackers drop deep. We've seen Morrow and make some fantastic hits. And like, you know, this, I think that just that physicality and even, I mean, I know linebackers aren't part of the secondary, but they're, but they're playing deep. The linebackers are playing heck. We, before Burford got suspended, you could, you would see him covering wide receivers over the deep middle of the field. Like, I mean, those guys are just playing back and they're, they're just so physical out there. Now I think what the Raiders want to be, is that they want to be a speed pass rush. They want to get to the quarterback quickly. And while we've seen Max Crosby flash and we've seen, you know, a little bit out of Farrell uh, or Furl, um, Arden Key is still not shown up yet. Uh, we're all waiting for that to happen. Uh, we haven't quite got the push in the middle. Like, I mean, although Mohurst had a fantastic game and closed it out great the other day, and especially when he did Khalil Max sack dance. Um, but, but aside from that, from those flashes, we really haven't seen like, consistent pressure coming from that front four uh and they're moving guys all around you see like key and crosby will be lined up next to each other on the end and they'll they'll put you know what i mean like they're just doing all kinds of stuff trying to create some mismatches and so i applaud them for that they just haven't quite got it figured out yet but that's coming i mean you know these guys are young hopefully they'll just continue to grow i'm gonna shut up because there's a long answer question but i think that's where they want it to be in terms of identity but then in the meantime Look, we have this physicality forming in the secondary, and Abram isn't even there. So, like, you know, he set the tone week one, and now he's gone. Can you imagine when we get this guy back, what it's going to look like? Like, whew. Very interesting. Um, yeah, just to key in on that point, um, even after watching that Bears game on my post-game review, I just started screaming smash mouth 
We got ourselves an identity. Smash Mouth, why not? They've been building this entire offseason, both the, the defensive line and the offensive line, with basically players that are over 300 pounds and strong. So that's an identity on offense, is to build a smash mouth running type game and finally put together that Josh Jacobs can get it all done. So on offense, it is smash mouth. Run the ball, create quick pass plays on third downs, especially with the lack of wide receiver depth. You might as well lean on that offensive line and the fullback and the run game and all that. And Derek Carr asking to get big first downs until we get some true quality playmakers on offense that can really thread the, uh, the opponent's defense. And we don't have that right now. So the identity, it has to be 1980s, like your T-shirt says, smash mouth football on offense. Then on defense, we built the line as well. They're all big. They've all gotten bigger with the addition of Gruden's son as the strength and conditioning coach. And we got one of the best run-shuffing defenses in the league. We don't have the quality edge rushers we would like to have, but they're in building up the backfield. The backfield is now a swarming coverage defense. And if you can cover the wide receivers with physicality with the linebackers, as you spoke about, Murph, then that'll create coverage sacks for our defensive edge rushers. So you stuff the run game, force them to throw. Then if we can get coverage in the backfield like had on many occasions the last two weeks, the will come. But we truly haven't built an identity on defense 100% yet. There's too many injuries, but they are trying to. And our backup cornerback and our safety depth has really been playing like you said. So smash mouth and coverage is my identities for offense and defense. Any rebuttals on that, Murphy? Good stuff, Mikey. Good stuff. Mikey's kind of like an expert, even though I'm not. <laughs> All right. So here's our young wide receiver core. And um, in my opinion, much is to be desired. But we just signed Zay Jones, Buffalo Bills. He had an excellent 2018, but he apparently getting pushed back on the depth chart, even regardless of him having a over uh, 500, almost 600 yards last season, averaging over 11 yards a catch with um, young quarterbacks like Josh Allen. And now he's reunited with Nathan Peterman. But there's a look at our wide receiver core. So technically, we got Tyrell Williams injured. Jones, Hunter Renfro, Trevor Davis, Kim Dosh, Marshall Aitman, and Dwayne Harris. Give me your thoughts on Zay Jones and our young wide receiver core. Well, I don't know if you've ever seen the video of Zay Jones standing up. If you just type into your Google machine there, uh, Zay Jones standing up on sidelines or Zay Jones GIF or GIF or whatever you pronounce that, uh, it's amazing. Like the guy defies gravity. He's like a Jedi. It's pretty cool. And he's got the same birthday. And he's got the same birthday I do, uh, March 30th, which, of course, uh, I was born like decades plus before he was. But um, <laughs> but uh, uh, so, yeah, I mean, he's a speedy guy. We need help. Uh, Keelan Doss still has a uh, you know a lot to to mature uh, you know in in his in his young career. Uh, Dwayne Harris is not an, a down in down out uh, type of guy. So you got Renfro right, who's who's like a slot receiver in the making, and then you got Tyrell Williams who is awesome, but he's hurt. So uh, so you asked about Zay Jones, like I don't know. I mean I don't I'm not a big enough Bills fan or study 
film on Zay Jones, but I know he's fast, right? Like, and that was kind of the element we were missing with JJ Nelson being out. And all reports said that JJ Nelson was a go on the the the, the game, the Vikings. This is Bears and it was a Vikings game, I thought, and he didn't go. And then that's oh. when they decided they were going to get rid of him. And so, I th- yeah. So, I mean, they're, they're not playing around down there in Alameda anymore. So, anyway, so he's gone. So, I think Zay Jones comes in, kind of steps in and fills that role, which is like you want, like your number two guy, right? You just want him to be the fast guy. So, um, anyway, so I, I don't know. It's, it's okay. I mean, here's the thing is that with the West Coast offense, and I know we're all Raider drunk and we all love the Raiders of the 70s and the, you know, just go deep and, you know what I mean, the, the Mad Bomber and all that. I know we love all that stuff, but that's not how this offense works. That's not what the West Coast offense does. The West Coast offense is designed to spread out the defense and you dink them and dunk them with little short passes in order to keep them spread out and then you run and then once you start running, then you can start picking up chunk plays downfield. If you watch the opening drive against the Colts and what they do did by spreading out the defense, running Josh Jacobs, and then bam, all of a sudden they hit Foster Moreau in the corner of the end zone. That's what it's designed to do. So you're not talking about needing guys to like work deep down the middle of the field. They don't need DeAndre Hopkins. They don't need Julio Jones. They don't need guys like that in order to have a, a, a proficient and a, and a high producing offense you need guys that can run slant routes that can get open quickly that can you know seven yards ten yards at a time that's what you're gonna see so these guys are capable of that for what they have on the roster especially when the focus of the offense is going to be with the running backs and especially josh jacobs so i think we're fine um, it's not ideal. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that these guys are freaking Hall of Famers nor even all pros. I mean, yes, they they need help, but that's why we went and tried to get Antonio Brown or got him anyways, and that uh, we rest is history. But you know what I mean. So this list looks a lot different with his name put in there. So don't you know that it's going to be a focal point for the Raiders? I'm sure this off season to continue to address the wide receiver position. So far from from completed, but not terrible considering what we're actually doing on the field. Yeah, I mean, some might consider like we're worse off than we were, <laughs> you know, uh, last year at this time. Uh, Again, basically, I mean, if you look at it individually wise, or they're all backups. I mean, um, you know, well, like William. Williams, and he, they were all backups with their other teams except for Hunter Renfro. So, um, it's yeah, but just, he it's didn't. A scary thought. Well, but he didn't play like one though. Let's give him a little credit because what you know when, when he was playing, he was number two to Keenan Allen in, in San Diego, and uh, they're not the LA Chargers; they're San Diego Chargers. And he was <laughs> he was number two to the San Diego Char- to Keenan Allen, and when Keenan Allen got hurt. Williams had a thousand yard season. So like he produced like a number one when he was in the number one spot. So, and I think in everything he's shown as a Raider until he got hurt was that he's very much a number one guy. So let's give him a little bit of love there. Rest of them though. I'm totally with you. Like, yes, these are all guys that are playing for really for a third spot on a lot of rosters, let alone a second. Yeah. But you made a very valid point in Gruden's, system we are not going to be the Rams we are not going to be like Sean McVay or whatever these Kansas City Chiefs again they've lost two in a row now uh the Raiders are back up in that division Murphy Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, I'm loving it so we are playoff contenders I'm going to go back and retrace my statement a minute ago uh, <laughs> but you you're right in in Gruden system it is exactly what you said dink and dunk until we have and then uh, 
every once in a while, hopefully we'll have a playmaker like Zay Jones once he gets caught up to speed. And you, Gruden loves Zay Jones. I mean, he stayed on his days off that technically he deserved to have. He stayed and coached up Zay Jones for three, four days in a row on the bye week. So he believes this kid. And I believe Zay Jones will be a great wide receiver if not better than Tyrell Williams by the end of the season for Derek Carr. That's just my prediction. And but I may, love our team. You're yeah, right. And, and he may be, and, and let's also not forget, too, that a huge component of the passing game are the tight ends in the West Coast offense. And we have one of the most dynamic tight ends in all of football this year. Uh, and now all of a sudden, here comes Foster Moreau, like his mm-hmm. big old Gronk look. I mean, like he's, he's not as big as Gronk, but he's a big guy. Like I didn't expect... Moreau to have the athleticism that he did. I expected him to kind of be a more of a, of a blocking type guy. I even met him down at the senior bowl and saw him and stuff. And like, I looked at him like, Oh, this is a big dude. Like, this is not like, you know what I mean? Like he's just a bit different body type than like a guy like Waller. He doesn't have that lankiness to him. And like, he's just a big like guy, but golly dude he's got hands man and he gets open which is like Gronk because Gronk doesn't dazzle you with speed or athleticism or anything he just gets himself open somehow and so that's what Moreau is doing now he's just getting open well cool like I mean and that's what you need in the West Coast offense so if you got those two guys are getting going well then we're definitely going to compliment what we got going on here with the wide receiver spot all right just to finish this segment do you I guess the trade deadline is on the 27th. Um, there's room for multiple players. Do you think we should trade for anybody? See how it is? Or would you possibly want A.J. Green for the future? Yeah, I don't think any of those players are going to move, though. I mean, you know, there's a lot of talk about Green and Diggs and all these guys. But, you know, I don't think any of them are, are going to move. I don't. I mean, do you? I mean, are we, you know, the Madden gamer in me wants to go, yeah, trade him a second and get, you know, freaking whoever, get AJ Green. But I mean, the reality of that and like, I mean, probably not going to happen. I think the Raiders are pretty set with their roster. I mean, look, we didn't make a move for a linebacker. You know, you'd have thought if they were going to make a move for somebody, they'd have made a move for a linebacker or they'd have made a move for Jalen Ramsey, you know, so either the asking price is too high on these guys. And so that's why they're not making a move or they just don't have an interest to do it. They're just going to play the, they're going to play the hand that they have. We didn't get a safety. You know what I mean? And we were all like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And all of a sudden Eric Harris is bawling out like, okay, well, they knew more than we do. Go figure. Go figure. Well, I'm going to move my little play or YouTube button. Give me a second. Because it's covering a graphic that I wanted to share with everybody. But um, so Raider Cody posted this last week after the game versus the Bears to let everybody know that Derek Carr, Atwise, uh, is looking like an MVP caliber quarterback or candidate possibly. Uh, weeks into the 2019 NFL season, Raiders quarterback Derek Carr currently has a 73.3% completion percentage, which was as of last week. First in the NFL, 82.3 red zone completion, which was first in the NFL, 115 red zone yards, which was second in the NFL, five touchdowns in the red zone, which was ninth in the NFL. Uh, So I posed the question, and I'm not going to put it onto the NFL league because they're going to be players like Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun Watson or stuff like that. But our actual team is Derek Carr the team MVP, or who at this point? 
you know, I'm a car guy, and uh, and I I like that Cody is is showing him some love here. I think he had him on his show, so that's uh, probably set that up. And so, anyways, kudos, oh yeah, so kudos, kudos. He got a good guest. Yeah, yeah, he did. Derek, come on our show. Come on our show. Let's go. <laughs> so kudos to him for that. But um, you know, is he the Derek Carr the team MVP? I don't know, man. You know. Oh gosh, that's a hard one because the quarterback is such a pivotal is the pivotal position in all of sports. So it's hard to say when you got a guy that's playing well and the team is winning to say that he's not our our MVP. But I feel like Josh Jacobs is more of the reason. He's more of the piece that we needed to make this thing click the way that it's clicking. And where you know, Carr, you got to protect him, and you got like there's a lot of other things that that go on with that. Um, I just feel like, like as far as like a singular piece, like a like the most valuable component. I mean, do we function as well with DeAndre Washington and Jalen Richard going one two versus what we've done with Josh Jacobs? I don't, I don't know, man. That one's hard to answer. But then you say, but then you say that, and then you go, okay, well, what does the offense look like with Mike Glennon? Like, well, then clearly Derek Carr's your MVP. So I don't know. I, I think it's a, the low hanging fruit is that yes, he is our team MVP. But I think there's a very strong case to be made, and I'm not kind of got rides the fence with an answer, but I'm going to ride the fence on this one. I think you could make a really strong case for either Josh Jacobs or Derek Carr as MVP. Yeah, I mean, if we're acting individual status, like as a single player or person, um, we can't. I mean, we, I want to include the offensive line. But I can't do it with the questioning of this question. I have to go for the singular route. So if I'm going the singular route, um, could I include a coach? I should. Maybe Tom Cable or Gruden. Uh, We'll talk about that in a second. But for pure player speculation, I'm going to say based off of what I saw from Derek last year with character issues, according to the media, you know, all the trauma and turmoil that came from that in the offseason, having to deal with A.B., I'm going to give him the team MVP. He's dealt with it. I haven't seen any controversy between him and any experts or anybody moving forward this season. Um, Derek Carr has been questioned ever since the injury took place. And now in his second year with a tough play for John Gruden, he's getting everything done. He's leading the men on the field. He's got the eye of the tiger every time I see him going to the field. Then in post-game press conferences, he's sticking up for players like Vontez Burdick, even Antonio Brown and whoever. He's doing his job as a MVP person, as a player. So I'm going to give it to him. I mean, yes, Josh Jacobs on field, proven that role. But Josh Jacobs is being led, by my opinion, by Derek Carr's character and his pride on the field. So I'm going to give it to Derek Carr because I'm proud of what I've seen from him so far. Boom! Now let's talk of the coach of the year. John Gruden has dealt with everything. Last year, they were crushing him. I was crushing him. Uh, you weren't because you were a, a Gruden apologist. Uh, <laughs> but uh, nobody's asking this question. In my opinion, even a hater most of the time of John Gruden, with everything he's dealing with, He's saying the right things for the most part in terms of the media again this year. He's bringing on young players. He has to coach this year. I mean, he is really coaching. He's, in my opinion, he's finally coaching, and it's working, and it looks good. I consider him a coach of the year candidate for the entire NFL. What say you on that subject, Murph, and why? 
if not. Well, Jerry McDonald had a fabulous article this week on the Mercury News. And uh, if you haven't read it, go check it out. I'm sure you can just Google it. Jerry McDonald, Mercury News, uh, about John Gruden. And his, the, the point of his article was that John Gruden has not changed. John Gruden is the same as he was. This is a, coming from Jerry. Jerry's known John Gruden 20 years. So this is a guy who's telling you he hasn't changed. Now, he's evolved with the way that he has approached some certain things, you know, inside the building and some of his strategies and things like that. But in terms of, like, who he is as a coach, he hasn't changed. And so the, the success that the Raiders are having now is not because Gruden went through some metamorphosis. It's because now they just have a little bit more horsepower. They got a little bit more ammo than what they had last year. I said numerous times, I'm going to keep saying it, the Raiders kept running out of talent. Well, now they got, they got some talent. We got a little bit of depth. You can lose a Jonathan Abram and then Eric Harris steps in and, and, and balls out. Like you, you know what I mean? Like there's a little bit of depth there uh, in, in terms of our team and, that and just another year in the system and you know a, a great supporting staff like things are just starting to gel and come together a little bit so i don't think he's made any any major um changes that you know and and so that said i don't think he warrants coach of the year right now now should we win the afc championship game that looks completely different but as of right now i hate to say it and plug your ears raider fan kyle shanahan's got the freaking niners undefeated you know what I'm saying? Where were they last year? And now look at them. Like, oh my gosh. Like, I cannot believe they're still winning. And that blowhard Richard Sherman is still being Richard Sherman. But, I mean, th- it's hard to say that Kyle Shanahan is not, like, the clear front runner for that award right now. Well said, Murph. Well said. Um, but, again, with all the, the, the Gruden, you know, I don't like calling the word hatred. But, you know, for all the things that I thought Gruden made mistakes with, I'm going to tell you guys, I'm actually really proud of what I've seen. To me, that means it's hard to say. I'm really proud of what I've seen from him. So he's coach of the year in my book, him and Tom Cable for our team. Let's go. All right. Apparently, uh, several ex-Oakland Raiders are going to enter the 2019 XFL draft. So I asked the question, um, if any one of these, one will you excel and maybe be a star in the XFL? Well, I don't know how much he's got left in those legs, but if Jacoby Ford can still run like he used to, that's a guy that could light it up in a league like that. Because remember, he he not only did he do great on uh, special teams for us, but there were a couple of games, man, where he would work and get open. And when you put that guy in open field, look out, man. I mean, he's... He's pretty dynamic. So I was a big Jacoby Ford fan. In fact, I got his autograph card over here that you sent me. Thank you, Mikey. Yeah, um, that's cool. In fact, let me hold that up right here. Yeah, I got it right here. Look at it. Here's my my autograph, Josh Jacobs rookie card. I don't know if you guys can see that. It's kind of kind of blurry. There it goes. You mean Jacoby Ford? That, what did I just say? Josh Jacobs? Yeah, Jacoby Ford. Um, so, anyways, uh, yeah. So I, I like Jacoby Ford, man. I, and plus, he was a blast to play with in Madden. He had like 98 speed. It was great. Um, but I, th- I think he's he's definitely the one that that stands out here. Trent Richardson. I watched Trent Richardson play live when he was with the Birmingham Iron of the uh, AAU or whatever that football league was. AAF. AAF. Yeah. And and so I watched one of their final games down there. Watched it live, and he. Kind of look like Trent Richardson, like, like, you know, the hole's over here and he runs over here, <laughs> you know, like you're still Trent being Trent, but he was a big hit in Birmingham because that's where he played football at uh, college was Alabama. So, um, but yeah, I, 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 I kid and I'm, I'm, I'd hate to just pick on the guy, but cause he can't, 
you yep. know, defend himself here. But Jacoby Ford is my answer. Gotcha. I love it. Um, I agree. I like Jacoby Ford. Um, he knows how to take the hits, and he's a little slinky guy. He tries to get open, and he could make some big plays. He also won a 40-yard dash contest that Chad Ochocinco put on just this past year against, you know, in different um, segments against other players, and he worked his way up. He won the 40-yard oh, contest. Okay. So, Chad he can, Ochocinco. so he can still run. He can still run. Uh, but my pick is Connor Cook. Uh, I think he will excel in that being really, really bad uh, because – it's the XFL. It's one of they're going to claim toughness. They're going to do a lot of illegal hits or something that maybe the NFL doesn't want in the game anymore. I, again, I really don't know the XFL's rules or laws, but Connor Cook couldn't handle it in the NFL. He was afraid of everything. So I think he's going to excel in being one of the worst quarterbacks in the XFL. Oh, boy, that's Mikey Raider hatred. That's hatred. I know. We're just picking on these guys, man. All they're trying to do is resurrect their football career and a couple of knuckleheads on a Raider show are, are taking shots at them. Progressive is proud to honor our veterans by donating vehicles to move their lives forward, especially in times of need. This year celebrates eight years and more than 750 vehicles donated. Learn more about their Keys to Progress program and plans for 2020 at keystoprogress.com. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. Taking shots at him. All right. Many experts, even after our victory versus the Bears, said the Raiders are overachieving. I do not like that word because if you win, you win on talent. If you get a job, you get a job on talent. That's not overachieving. It's just the opportunity to achieve your success. But I hate that question. So I asked to you, Murph, but I put a little different spin on it. I said, are our young Raiders, we're basically young anywhere, are our young Raiders overachieving? No, I don't think so at all. For everything that you just said, so uh, I don't want to just, just completely repeat everything you said, but I agree with everything you said. And here's what I would say to, to build on it a little bit is that, you know, look, there's a reason that these guys were drafted in the first round. There's a reason that these guys were, were you know, highly, uh, you know, touted and considered. And, you know, there's a reason that Josh Jacobs was the 24th overall pick. You know what I mean? There's a reason Cleveland Farrell and 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 uh, Jonathan Abram were drafted in the first round. I mean, they they not only are they high character guys, but they're highly talented football players. So I don't I don't think it's a it's a it's a shock at all. And and it, they're not overachieving, and especially when you're and you got picture Trevor Davis there when you're put in a position to be successful. Um, you know, you you take advantage of it. The other guy you got there, Hunter Renfro. I've said this a hundred times. Every time I watched a Clemson football game, that guy was catching touchdown passes. So now he's, you know, he's starting to produce a little bit in the NFL. Now he's not in the end zone all the time like he was in Clemson or Death Valley there, but it's probably coming. So when it does, is he overachieving? No, he's just being Hunter Renfro. Like, that's what the guy did. Like, it's not his fault he got drafted in the fourth round. All he did was help freaking Clemson win two national championships. Like, come on. You know what I mean? So, no, I don't think they're overachieving at all. I think they're living up to expectations. And that's 
probably where this kind of uh, misnomer comes from for us as Raider fans is that we always hyped up these, these early picks, you know, whether that's DJ Hayden or Hayward Bay or whoever, all these guys were like, Oh, this guy's going to be great because of this. And then they suck because of nine other reasons. And then we're always let down and they, you know what I mean? So this is one of the first times other than the Mac and car draft where the talent that we expect is the talent that we're seeing. You know what I'm saying? Like it actually is matching up. So we hadn't seen a lot of that. It's a little bit foreign to us as Raider fans. So, you know, I could see where people would perceive that as an overachievement, but it's really not. If you think about where these guys are actually coming from and, and, and the way that they were, uh, you know, not recruited, but the way they were um, evaluated. Yep. Well, I wanted to give credit real quickly to Tony Raider, Anthony Raider, if you will sent us a super chat donation and he spoke about the Raiders that we've struggled in the second and third quarters of most games. But it seems like even in every game that we lost as well, our fourth quarters are our best playing quarter. Uh, So an interesting point that you brought up, Tony Raider. Well said, and I'm going to be looking for that in the future. If we can start to manage these second, third quarters from other teams, We'll be looking that much better in the fourth quarter. But to question that's on screen, the experts are calling us overachievers. Why? Because we only had four wins last year. And we're already, let's say, 75% of the way this year at this point after five games. So to them, we're overachieving because they expect nothing. But for us Raider fans that expect the world, we are not overachieving. And our young Raiders are just being coached up and they're doing what old and we're starting to build a winning culture. So we are not overachieving. We are achieving. All right. Here's a quick little segment for you that we've never had, but what you finna do with Dwayne Gucci Harris. I'm talking trade release. I'm like the overall picture of maybe for the future, what you finna do with Dwayne Gucci Harris. I mean, we'll see how some of these other returners start performing. I mean, if we see somebody else that jumps up and has any kind of uh, dynamic nature to them and, and playing on special teams, I think that it, uh, the, the, the outlook does probably not look so good for, for Mr. Harris because he's kind of one-dimensional, I, right? Well, I mean, he's a special team standout, and he does play well as a fifth-string or fifth-string receiver when he's needed. But with the addition of Trev um, Davis – Coming on an injured Gucci Harris for $2 million for the season doesn't hold a lot of value. Yeah. And we're, we're winning without him. So he might be on the trade block or he's a release candidate if we bring on some other players. Probably a release. You know, these low level, and I don't call them low level, the guys in the NFL for crying out loud. But when you talk about like uh, this position that like of this nature, like you're only talking about if there were a trade to happen, you're talking like, a fifth or a sixth, like very like little value in terms. So most likely he's probably a cut or something. Yeah. Like if, you know, in some weird scenario, AJ green, you know, gets sent to the Raider cause they keep losing. He would be a release candidate. Oh yeah. They would pro- possibly release him. Sure. Pretty interesting though. All right. What you finna do oh. with Arden key? <laughs> Man, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep rooting for him, and and we, we're gonna keep him. He's not going anywhere. But man, I just you know, 
I thought for sure last year, because he was so close on so many plays, that he was just that one step away. And I thought for sure with coaching, with the awesome coaching of Brentson Buckner, you know, with just overall maturity, just, you know, getting used to the speed of the game that though that step would start to close and eventually he would, he would, you know, start making some plays, but here he has been outshined by Max Crosby for the first part of this season. And so, you know, look, he's young enough. He's still only in the, in, you know, in the early stages of his second year. So we got a long way to go to see ultimately how he develops, but man, you really want to see him start making some plays, man. Like the almosts are nice because he's disruptive, but you got to, you know, you got to close the deal, man. You got to get, you got to make that sack. You got to bat that ball up. You got to tackle that ball carrier in the backfield. Like you got, you know what I mean? Like it's just the, just out of reach is awesome. Cause he's, you know, he's active and he's working. And, and so I'm rooting for him, but man, just, just gotta, he's just gotta finish it. So I hope I'm hoping I'm hoping Mikey. So we're going to keep him for now. Yeah. I mean, you have to keep him. There's still too much potential to release him or trade and for no value, you know, you have to keep him. There's too much potential. It just sucks that he's injured and he's not really getting it done. Um, Maurice Hurts has even stepped up his game that much from last season. So for all the potential that he has, I don't know. We need to give him a pill that's, you know, 100% like energy or something like that. I don't know. Maybe it does something. Different. I don't know. He, can, he needs to find the quarterback and it needs to happen a lot more by the end of the season. So let's let him figure it out. I'm going to keep him on the squad for his potential and his value. All right. I got this segment idea from NFL Fantasy Live. So I just want to let everybody know I love the question. What you finna do? I got it from NFL Fantasy Live. Oh, cool. There's no infringement there. Everybody wants to call me on. (laughs) Leave Mikey alone, knucklehead. Leave Mikey alone. All right. You're not going to be able to hear this, but I just got this video. Why is Tom Brady on the screen, Mikey? I know, I know, but he might be trolling the Raiders here. I just got this from Michael Sen. It's a video of Tom Brady after the victory, and then he says, it doesn't matter how you win the game as long as you just win, baby. He says that in his video. You can watch it later, but he does say just win, baby. And Let's watch this and give me your reaction. He says, I don't care how we get it done as long as we just win, baby. You know, people want to be like us, man. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to tell you. I mean, I know Michael Sen. He's hardcore Raider. He calls our show all the time. He's he's a he's a pretty feisty guy and and uh, doesn't like a lot of things. Um, so, and thank you for your support, hardcore Raider. I'm not taking a shot at you. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I don't. It's whatever. It's Tom Brady. Who I, I don't want to look at. Him I know, anymore. but do you think he was trolling us? He knows that quote. When he went into making this video, why would he be trolling he the Raiders? Now, why, why? Why would he be trolling the Raiders? I mean, look, Tom Brady's not above this type of trolling. I mean, he's actually quite famous for this type of crap talking. He's very subtle and passive aggressive in this stuff. So I get it. Maybe it's because he and Chuck Woodson had that little bit of a of a of a run in about the tuck rule and you know it was around that time, yeah, I like mean, a week so ago. Maybe, maybe that's what it was, but I don't know. I mean, I don't know. On it, I mean, yeah. again, I don't want to be too dismissive here, but I don't know. Next story. It's Tom Brady. Again, Antonio Brown went to a team. Oh, man, we, we had a big victory versus the Bears. I don't know. Tom Brady, keep those words out your mouth. 
Keep those words out your mouth. And I hope you set it up for a rematch. I hope we, you guys make the playoffs, we make the playoffs, and we meet you. Then we will just win baby on your butt, Tom Brady. I hope you set the fire in that video. I'm down. Whatever. Move on. <laughs> I hate him. I hate him. I hate him, Murph. I don't like hating any other player. All right, let's do our game review after a big victory versus the Bears. Um, like I said, Smash Mouth football. I loved everything we brought. Gruden wanted to dominate. We were able to. We came out with a game plan versus Mac. We held him to nothing. <coughs> give me your reaction. We didn't have it on the show last, or we weren't on the show last week. So give me your thoughts on the big Bears victory, brother. Yeah, man, this was awesome. You know, it's 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 uh, it's been a lot of fun being a Raiders fan these past couple of weeks, and uh, the game against uh, Indianapolis, of course, and then and then now this one. And uh, you know, if it wasn't for a bunch of self inflicted errors, uh, then well, errors are self inflicted, I guess, kind of aren't they? If it wasn't for a bunch of you know self inflicted mistakes, then uh, you know this is a blowout. This game is not even this close, and so uh, it was very impressive. I thought that. You know, it's nice to see John Gruden's offense come together in back-to-back uh, weeks, uh, despite what any of anybody says uh, on both sides of the ball. There was some extra mustard on this one. It meant something extra to Khalil Mack. It meant something extra to the Raiders. It meant something extra to Derek Carr and John Gruden and everybody involved. So it was nice. It felt like there was a little bit of vindication. Um, I hope, hope, hope that this goes a long way and squashing a lot of the online bitching that people do about the Khalil Mack trade. I hope this helps you. If you're one of those people get the hell over it because it's ridiculous that people still bring it up and still (laughs) criticize John Gruden for it. And that they still cannot understand the value that like for the, from the instant that it happened, guys, and this is not a me trying to say like, I told you so that's not this, that's not this at all. I'm just saying that, from the beginning of it, if you take your heart out of it, you take your emotion as a fan out of it, which is tough, I get it, but I'm a Raider fan too. But if you look at it from a, the business angle, from what the Raiders were able to do with the money that they didn't have to pay Khalil Mack and the value that they acquired in the draft, it makes much more sense for them to do what they did and build this team long term. And so, Now we're starting to see the fruits of that. And thankfully we saw the fruits of that in this game. So there was no starker contrast than, than what is happening in Chicago and what is happening with the Raiders that look, the Raiders are the team that's going to build for the long term. The bears are not the bears were, were building to win it all now. That's frankly. And if it wasn't for their quarterback getting hurt, They'd be a lot more competitive even too, but that's what they're doing. Well, that's not the Raiders' long game. Their long game is they're looking five years down the road, not this season or not last season, right? So knowing that and understanding that and then now seeing it finally start to come together, I hope, man, that Raider fan, I hope you loved this win. I hope you now have a little bit more of an understanding and understand this too, that look, Khalil Mack is one guy and as dominant as he is and as impressive as he is and as much as I miss seeing him in silver and black, you can neutralize a single defender on a defense. 
and the Raiders proved it. And, so, and that's why they got rid of him. You can't neutralize an entirety of an offense, which is what the Raiders got in exchange for him. So think about that stuff, Raider Nation. And and gosh, Mikey, this game was great. I hope this shuts up a lot of people up. And I, 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 love, I love you to death, but shut up about Cleo Mack. All right. I'm going to bring you the hot topic question uh, just because it came to my brain a second ago. Did win the Khalil Mack trade? Not not today. I mean, we got a long way to go. I mean, you know, look, you, you can't evaluate a draft in its entirety until, you know, three years out. And we still got another, got, listen to this Raider Nation, we still have another year's worth of Khalil Mack draft. Like, I mean, this thing is far from over. So did we win? I don't think you can declare a winner on either one. I mean, you can declare a winner in that they've both won. The Bears got Khalil Mack. Congratulations. You got one of the all-time uh, pass rushers of this generation. Congratulations. Congratulations, Raiders. You got a bevy of draft picks and have done very well so far with what you've done with those picks. So in that sense, both teams have won right now. Now, again, who wins the long game? I don't know. I think the Raiders are going to win because eventually – the Bears are going to have to pay Mitch Trubisky, and you can't pay two guys that much money. They've already restructured Mac's contract once, and they're going to have to do it again, and odds are Cleo Mack's going to end up in a third location. He's not going to finish out his career as a Bear. It's, it's almost impossible for, for him to, with the amount of money that he's making. Take a look at the... I don't want to get on that crazy tangent. I'm going to shut myself up. Uh, who's a winner? I don't know. Right now, they're both winning, but I think long-term, it's the Raiders. I'm going to take the hot take, Murph. Just because I'm feeling myself, baby. It's been a while since I felt myself, maybe Saturday night. But I'm I'm feeling myself right now. I'm going to say the Raiders 100% on that trade. I mean, we didn't lose $90 million. We're going to have $70 million in cap space left next year. We're going to Vegas. We don't have the pass rushing specialists like we did. But we got Cleveland Farrell. We're a top 10 interior rushing defensive line right now we're getting that much better we got josh jacobs who's the mvp of our team on offense so far basically according to you and we got donathan abram that looked like a dang stud and he's talking smack and he's being he's being a like let's call it a perfect leader for next season bringing the tone so any one of those picks if you want to compare them to Khalil Mack, plus we got an another pick from Khalil Mack and the Bears next year. I like our future, and I like what we're doing. We weren't even winning with Khalil Mack, as you told me years ago, and Gruden said it to the world. We weren't winning with him, and now we're winning without him. So, did we win? Yeah, we did. 100% Mikey Raider made it so. Let's go. All right, I was feeling myself for a second there, Murphy. I saw had you. To do it. Had just, to do it, Murphy. I'm, I'm just glad you were feeling yourself in the in the chest area there. It was above the. You mean above? Above? Yeah, the, above the, the, the waist. The upper third there was was what you were feeling there. That, that yeah. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, a long time ago, I was on like a little talk show, right? And then they had like these graphics. Was able to see the screen of me being interviewed. Then on the screen. A graphic popped up with my name and everything like below. And then the lady goes, Oh, it just popped up. And I go, yeah, anything that pops up below me is a good thing. Boom. Enough said. Hey, right. now. Hey, 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 yo.
Raiders are feeling themselves. All right, let's quickly look at the schedule. I mean, at this point, we're three and two out of five games. There's a lot of winnable games on that schedule. Let's not talk about the Packers. We're going to do that right after this. But let's look forward and ahead. Um, do you see some winnable games in the future? And what do you think about our road stretch? How will we finish? Yeah, I count I count six or seven very winnable games in there. You know, I don't feel really good about the next three. Um, I hope we beat the Lions because I'm going to be at that game. So look me up, Raider Nation. I think we're going to be in the D lot, and uh, and so yeah, we'll we'll be there for the Lions game. Uh, well, and the whole RFR crew will be there. It's going to be awesome. Um, but uh, uh, the rest of them. I mean, outside of the, the Chiefs, and the rest of those look pretty winnable. I mean, you know, one of those Chargers games are going to be tough. That's a division game, but they're the Chargers. We play them well. So Chargers, Bengals, Jets, Titans, uh, Jaguars, uh, Broncos, like mm. so that's what, six, right? And we've already got three in, so that's a nine and seven year, and that's kind of about where we all pegged them. Like, okay. And then what if we get, you know, dude, if we beat, the Packers in Lambeau or beat the Texans in Houston. Come on, man. Like that, like one of these next two games, let me just say this. I said what I said earlier and I meant it about, you know, not getting my expectations up and not getting all crazy. But if we win one of these next two games, you might get a different tune out of Murph here going forward. Mm-hmm. My heart might override my brain that, because if we can go, look, those are, you're talking about arguably, the best team in the NFC, arguably, well, second best team in the AFC behind the Patriots, right? So if we can beat one of those two teams, look out. Like, then what, who can't we beat at that point? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's crazy. Like, if we can win one of the, like, my expectations, we're going to go in there and get pounded. Like, we're going to lose 30 to nothing. Like, that's my expectation. But say we pull off one of those games. Like, whoa. Like, then then, then all bets are off. Then it's like, yes, this, you asked me earlier, are we a playoff team? If we win one of those next two, yes. Those are going to be tough games. Those are really tough games to win on the road. It was not only just tough places to play, but those teams are playing fantastic. You know? So we shut down freaking Fuller and Hopkins. Can you imagine? Like, wow. Like, I mean, that's tough. You know what I mean? Neutralize that defense. Like, come on now. That get me fired up, man. Those those are big. This is big. I'm just kind of happy that we're going to – we started this road stretch with basically two wins out of three, and I'm hoping to get three out of four for the initial road stretch, as Murph just talked about. Uh, and then there's some very winnable games at home, but I'm really sad again when I look at another road stretch. I mean, four out of our final five games are on the road, with the Jaguars being the final home game in Oakland. So, again, another Four road games out of our final five are on the road. But in so that, I, they yeah, might but, be winnable, but it's going to be tough because we're always on the road. Yeah, but those middle ones, five or seven of those are at home. Like, yeah, I, I agree with you. Like, it's the, 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 the length of our road trips are tough. But what gets lost in that discussion a lot is that we get three in a row at home, right? And then it go a couple weeks on the road, and then we get two in a row at home. So, like... It's not so bad. I mean, it's, I get it, man. I get it. And I, I'm not apologizing for the schedule and I think it sucks, but there is a bright spot to it. And that's that you get a, those middle games, you get a bunch of home games. So yeah, and, and those are four out of, yeah, my, I got to retract my statement. I read it incorrectly. I got really bad. Eyes, but I said four out of our final five. 
My apologies. It was four out of our final four, six. Four out of six. As Murph just pointed out. And look at now, aside from the look, the Lions, we're going to watch tonight. This is going to be interesting tonight, see how this game plays out. But they're looking right. like they're a pretty good football team. But if you look at the, the next four at home, Chargers, Bengals, Jaguars, Titans, come on, dude. Like, that's, we should. We bet, if we can beat one of these other high-level teams, I know we can beat those teams. We better be able to beat those teams on the road. That's four games. That puts us at seven wins right there. Come on. Like, that's that's encouraging, man. That's good stuff. I wholeheartedly agree. I mean, I had the Raiders at eight and eight in our, in our show as predictions and maybe going nine and seven with luck. Now, after these two victories out of the first three on the road, um, I have us at nine and seven, maybe in six. But Broncos are looking better. The Chiefs are struggling. And then that brings us, hey, this is the segue, as you like to call it. Not you, but the proverbial you. We had, we have to get that in every show. I was worried we weren't going to get it today. we got to get it in every show. Uh, but they're facing the Green Bay Packers. Now the Raiders are at home tonight after practice. Hopefully they can get together as a team and watch this Monday night football game in preparation for the Packers. Plus, technically, we've had about a week and a half operation for the Packers as well as this upcoming week. So Packers are struggling, and I hope they struggle tonight. And I hope they get exposed a lot tonight. Their defense is looking great, but Aaron Rodgers is not Aaron Rodgers of old. So I'm hoping for, for a Lions crushing victory and exposing the Packers tonight. And we can use that to our advantage with basically two and a half weeks of preparation. And then we can get a victory. What says you? What is your game preview? What is your strategy? Slash, what is your technical game plan to beat the Packers on Sunday? Oh, well, you got to take out Aaron Rodgers, man. That's it. They go as Aaron Rodgers goes. I mean, as much as their defense is playing well, I mean, you take him out and the Packers are nothing. You know, offensively, I mean, he goes, they go the way that he goes and he's, you know, talk about an MVP, man. Like, and I, I mean, I'm going to let a little bit of my outside of my Raider fandom out. I'm a huge sports fan. I'm a huge NFL fan. I am a huge fan of the quarterback position. And if you are a fan of the quarterback position, you love Aaron Rodgers. You may hate the Packers, but it's really hard not to watch Aaron Rodgers play football and not be like, you know, like, whoa, like this, I mean, he's just, he's by far my favorite player, non-Raider player. Like he's just fun to watch, man. Like the guy plays football at the, at the highest level, man. And he, he creates things out of nothing. He's got a fantastic footwork. He's got a strong arm. Like he's got, like, he's just like, it's, it's anyway. So that's the guy. That's the guy in the league. That's the guy on this team. You take him out and the rest comes along with it. So I think that's what you got to do. Like, you know, and those kinds of quarterbacks, they don't like to get hit. You think back to all the the, the greats over over time, from Montana to Marino to uh, you know Elway and Manning and Brady. You hit them a couple times, they don't like it. Like they're not used to that. They get happy feet real fast. They start rushing throws. Like they don't like to get hit. So. Al Davis famously said, the quarterback's got to go down, and he must go down hard. So how do you beat the Packers? You go beat Aaron Rodgers. Uh, quickly, I want to give credit again. Tony Raider asked us a question in the Super Chat below. He said, are there any great pass rushers left, whether it be on free agency or out there that you know of, that the Raiders should pursue 
to build our pass rub for the final games. Not that I'm aware of. I mean, some people have rumbled a little bit about Von Miller, but I don't think that's ever going to happen. I think that's a little bit of a that's a little bit of the Madden gamer in us coming out, you know. Um, so, I, you know, I don't know. I don't, there's not any big no because if there was, then they would be on a football team somewhere, you know. So I'm trying to think of like disgruntled players that would be on the move. I mean, Clowney's already moved, right? He's a Seahawk now, so um, no, I don't. I don't think so. I don't. I'm, I'm. I'm not aware of one. And I think that look. Would you when you see the way that a guy like Max Crosby is emerging, uh, with coupled with the fact that 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 Cleveland Furl is coming off of his injury, off of his concussion, he's going to be back. Like, I'm not so sure that we really need to chase a pass rusher all that bad. You know, if those guys start making the no- and Mo Hurst, if they start making the noise that they're capable of, or and more that they're of what they're capable of, they just continue to improve. They're going to start sucking up more double teams, and then guess what? Then maybe Arden Key does get home on a lot of those plays. So I don't, I don't think we have to like go all crazy and go out and. I don't think the Raiders are in that mode, anyways. I just don't see us going out and chasing a wide receiver or anybody else. It's, it's- you're right. It's not happening, but I do see us chasing Jalen Ramsey at the end of next season with a contract up, up, uh, or somehow he's going to be a free agent. Jalen, I think he'd have been, I, I think he'd have been a Raider already if he was the asking price wasn't so high. I firmly Correct. believe that this whole charade of him not playing because of all these different issues is back and whatever. That's a bunch of BS, man. You know they've just got him on ice because they're trying to move him. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm fully, and, and I think that Shad Khan coming out and saying, oh, well, he's the best player we've ever had. And so we're not, he's not, we're not going to move it. That was a pure posturing to try to then generate more interest to make people think that, oh, well, he's yep. not, he's not going to be available. So maybe we got to up our offer kind of a thing. You know what I mean? Like that. But it be- hurts his value to say he had a back injury to keep sitting him. If it's not real, then it hurts his value in terms of a trade. For him, I think they're trying to keep him on the team, and they're trying to win a, a bunch of games, so he'll be happy. But he truthfully wants to get gone, and I hope they're saying, "Oh, if we win some games with Gardner Minshew, we prove to you that we want you, uh, that we're a winning team." I don't know. Yeah, or the agent is telling these general managers, "Hey, no, looky, man, he's okay. We're just uh, we've got him on the sideline, so we don't get hurt. We want him to be nice and healthy when he becomes an Oakland Raider. So no, there's nothing wrong with him." Yeah, okay. Let's move back on to the game preview. Thank you, uh, Tony Ray, for the question. Uh, Michael Johnson, a former Paul Gunther defensive edge rusher for the Bengals, is out there. Uh, that could be, you know, he could fill a role if major need be in the future, but they haven't brought him on yet, so it doesn't no, look and, like it's going to happen. No, and Mayo is re- playing good, too. I didn't even mention him earlier. So, like, oh, right. man, we're good on this. And then Stephen Thayer wanted to chime in there with a, a donation, and he wrote, Aaron Rodgers is the ugliest quarterback ever. All right, so speaking of... Uh, the ugliest quarterback ever? Yeah, Aaron Rodgers is the ugliest quarterback ever. Stephen and Thayer yet he still dated Olivia Munn, so how bad of a quarterback is he? That's right. All right, but look... Hey, 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 hey. But the Raiders strategy, from my perspective, early on in this game uh, preview, is the Green Bay Packers are not passing as much as they used to. And they got injured wide receivers like Devontae Adams. I don't know if he'll technically be back for that game, but they are struggling in the past game in that new offensive system under their um, new coach. Um, but they have established the run game with Aaron Jones. They're running the ball a lot more. We have one of the best interior rushing defenses, so we're probably going to have to put the game on Aaron Rodgers to beat us. And, of course, he probably could, but – we're going to stuff their run game and we're going to force them to beat us. Or do we allow their run game to a 
now and keep them just enough to where they don't have to pass the ball, maybe only on third downs, and then we can pull out a victory. It's going to be a very crazy strategy game for both our coaches on offense and defense. Uh, but what? my sleepers and studs from this game moving forward, I think a sleeper, I'm literally telling you, Zay Jones will be a sleeper in this game to me. And the stud will end up being uh, Josh Jacobs for, for a second week in a row. Uh, what say you on sleeper and a stud for this week, week game? Well, first off, does uh, am I the only one that every time I hear the coach of the Green Bay Packers, his name mentioned, I think of the movie Dodgeball? What's his name again? I forgot it. It's Matt LaFleur. And Vince, Vince Vaughn and Dodgeball was Peter LaFleur. And so, Fleur. like, yeah. So every time I hear his hair LaFleur, it just makes me want to go, nobody makes me bleed my own blood. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so what are we doing again? Funny sleepers. Movie. Oh, sleepers. Uh, oh, how about uh, how about Foster Moreau, man? The island of Foster Moreau. That's uh, that's my guy. Uh, I, I think you know. Again, we we met him at the Senior Bowl, and he's he's emerging, man, as a pass catcher, and he's catching touchdowns, which is awesome. So uh, so how about Foster Moreau as my sleeper, my stud, man? Uh, let's let's go with all of the fat guys, like because you're right, man. Yep. That offensive line is the MVP of this season so Gabe far. Gabe Jackson might play. Gabe, Gabe Jackson Jackson's coming play. back. Rodney Hudson is a stud. Did you guys see? I don't know if you caught it, but on that uh, on that reverse that they ran with, uh, I believe it was on the one with Trevor Davis. Uh, you know, Colton, Colton Miller. Miller went out and made yes, an amazing block. Yes. So, I mean, all of them are just playing awesome. And especially you talk about a guy that caught a lot of heat last year. Colton Miller caught a lot of heat. And look, no one's talking about him this year miraculously. Why? Because he's freaking blocking everything that moves, man. The guy is absolutely awesome. Trent Brown is just, he's the big show, man. Like, I just freaking love that guy. He's just so massive, and he just manhandled Khalil Mack in that last game. So, absolutely, the uh, the studs of this game are, are got to be the offensive line. Yeah, you got to give credit to even players like Alec Ingold coming oh, in and taking yes. on those big blocks for Jacobs on third down. Yes. Uh, just amazing, amazing to see. Uh, MVP from this game, you know what? Of course, I always wanted to be the quarterback or even Josh Jacobs, but I'm telling you, Hey Jones, baby. I, I see a hundred yard game and two touchdowns from Zay Jones versus the Packers defense. Then media will be going, where the heck did Gruden and Zay Jones come up with those plays? I'm gonna say in his bye week and then against the Packers defense, I'm gonna say MVP Zay Jones being uh, traded to our team becomes the MVP. Uh, what say you on an MVP and a final score prediction? All right. You know, I'm terrible at these final scores. I'm just going to pick the Raiders to lose 33 to 10. Okay. But, uh, you know, I pick them to lose all the time. And look, it's worked so I don't far. think the Green Bay Packers scored more than 22 points this season. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> they haven't played us yet. <laughs> look what the Vikings did. So, I mean, we'll see. Uh, but I'm, so I'm going to pick them to lose because that's what I always do. And look, if they keep winning, I'll keep picking them to lose, Raider Nation. So go yell at your parole officer. Um, so here's what, I, here's what I think that as far as the MVP goes, uh, man, I, I might be a prisoner of the moment. I might be a, a, a sucker for recency here. But give me, give me Max Crosby. Give me Max. Like, I think that that guy's been so disruptive. And if the key to the game is getting to Aaron Rodgers and, you know, hitting him, disrupting him, getting him, you know, 
getting him uncomfortable. Well, Max Crosby or Mo Hurst. And so right now, the flashier of those two guys is Max Crosby, and he's making more of the, the, of the plays. So, so, so give me Max. Give me, give, me, give, me the, uh, give me the rook for our MVP for this game. Oh, my! Max Crosby with his third sack of the day versus Aaron Rodgers! The Raider Nation is going crazy! Mad Max has entered the Raider home. You just gave me chills, Mikey. I love it. Gave you chills. All right. Again, my MVP will be Zay Jones. My final score prediction, I'm predicting a Raiders victory. 24 to. 19. I don't know. I like those weird numbers. Yeah, 24 19. Yeah, you do. Let's go. Let's go. All right. Check it out. Just a reminder please call the Raider Brands hotline. Give us any of your Raider hikes, what you want to talk about. We will have you on one or many of our multiple shows. You can also ask me and Murph a question on that show. Keep it under 30 seconds. And again, we will have you on the next show. Unfortunately, not a lot of people leaving messages under 30 seconds or addressing me and Murph. <laughs> so we got, we got to figure out how to fix that. But I do love your guys' phone calls. And I just wanted to let you know, if any of you are interested in buying T-shirts with our faces on it to support our multiple channels and all that, we on this channel have the Monday with Mikey and Murph MTV logo parody type T-shirt. It is available with the link down below. Um, and wear it, take a picture, send it to us, and we will put you and your fandom on all of our shows. We also, I believe Murph still hey. has shirts available, so go ahead and talk about your, your Get Made shirts. Actually, Mikey, to my right over here is our uh, our check for the Bolitnikoff Foundation, our big lottery-style check. Uh, for $2,000 that we're going to present at the Crab Fest. Thank you very much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We're going to present that at the Crab Fest on November 1st to the Blitnikoff Foundation, and that is uh, only... Uh, uh, possible because of all the generous donations and t-shirt purchases just like you got on there with your get made shirt all the proceeds of those sales all went into the uh to the fund there and we were able to hit our goal of two thousand two thousand bucks so we're gonna uh we're gonna we're gonna proudly give that to them on behalf of the uh raiders fan radio murph's fan cave mondays with mikey and murph listeners so so thank you so much to all of you for all the support and so that said i'm out of shirts i got a handful of them left i'm just gonna bring them with me to oakland i'm gonna toss them out to the crowd well that's an amazing thing to hear and i'm proud of you for doing that for the nation and for belitnikoff and all of those good causes but if you still want to get made you can go to his channel call his phone line ask questions to him and his staff and his crew at least more than i think it's three times and you officially become a capo or you get made is that not right yeah, you become a made man or a made woman. So if you call the show, leave a message. We play it three times on the air. We refer to you as a made man or a made woman. So so definitely do that. And then we have we have one capo. He's the he's the leader of the crew. Uh, no one else is going to become capo. That's that's Aaron's job on lock there. But uh, uh, but anyways, but yeah. So and and please really and 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 right now now that we're done with our kind of our capital campaign or raising money, real the best way to support the network Murph's Fan Cave. Just support us on YouTube, man. This was you know Mikey's idea. Uh, uh, for us to start a YouTube channel, uh, you know, Mikey and I started podcasting together, and we've only we were only audio based forever. And Mikey was like, you know, man, you guys should you should do a little bit of a of a live stream. I think you would like it, and I think you guys would be good at it. And we've done it. And while you know we don't have you know 
thousands and thousands of subscribers we got we're we're few but mighty we got you know like 1700 or something and so we would always love to have more uh, of course and by far our audio version of our show is still the more highly consumed version of it Um, but we really like this youtube thing and so and again and that was uh, that was at at mikey's encouragement and and i'm proud of what we do we have a lot of fun our show is really fun we have a great chat room uh you know our community is just top notch man i just it's become one of our favorite things to do so so please support us that way uh youtube.com slash murph's fan cave and subscribe well thank you very much for that you can find it all his youtube and audio links below this video if you need to find murph and the amazing gang tony the raider chimed in with another super chat donation you've been donating all a day uh, all day thank you guys for all the donations he said mikey and murph you guys are more entertaining than the odd couple and you guys are awesome. Kudos to Colton Miller. He's playing 10 times better than last year so far. And Josh Jacobs is doing great. Right on. Thank you very much for those donations. Appreciate the kind words, man. That's cool. All right. The Murph Raiders. Oh, no. Officially back. That's right. Last year, I bought this game online. It's, I think it's pre-1988, <laughs> the game is the Raiders trivia. It's pre-1988. And then we're officially going to just pull out a card. I think it's NFL trivia, as we kind of proved while okay. back, Murph. But uh, here it is. We're going to pull out a card, and we're going to try to stump me and you, apparently, okay. with pre-1988. All right. Pulled out a card. Here we go. Question number one, Murph. We're going to try to stump you. Okay. What jersey number did Lyle Alzeo wear with the Raiders? 77. Boom! Of the seven. Okay, is that correct? Oh, yeah. I think it is. Yeah, it is. I know the questions are written weird. Okay, so you got that one correct. Number two of the seven players who have played in a record five Super Bowls. Name one who played with a team other than the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, but this goes back a ways, right? Isn't that what you just said? Again, yeah, this Raiders trivia, it predated 1988, Joe. <laughs> yeah, and it's not a Raider question. So let me tap my NFL brain, and then I have to rewind the clock. This is a little bit of a challenge because Charles Haley would be an obvious one. Ken Norton Jr. would be an obvious one, but they're both Cowboys. So, okay, so the player that played in five Super Bowls, but not with the Cowboys. Correct. Golly, that's, that's uh, well, let's see. So maybe a, uh, well, it wouldn't be Willie McGinnis. Uh, wouldn't be Richard Seymour. Yeah, we're uh, too new. We're too new. Yeah. Uh, you want to pat it? Gosh, I hate to, man, because I could probably drill down, but it would take me forever, and that's not interesting radio. So go ahead. Yeah, I mean, whether these are official Raider, Raider questions or not, maybe these players played for Raiders as well. Has it said a record five Super Bowls? I'll tell you who if they did or not when you tell me who it is. All right. So here's the answer. Here's the question and the answer. Of the seven players who have played in record five Super Bowls, name one who played with a team other than the Cowboys. And the answer is Marv Fleming or Preston Pearson. <laughs> Again, I got, okay. the, I got the game for $9.99. All right. Jeez. Damn, my gosh. No wonder it didn't sell out. <laughs> All right, question number three. It's a question. I know for a fact. Okay. Question number three. Where did Lyle Alzado of the Raiders play college football? Oh, my gosh. Shame on me. I should know this. 
I don't know. I really don't. I don't know that. And I should. What is it? Yankton College. Wow. Yeah, no, I didn't know that. Yeah, apparently they're yanked in a chain. I don't know what these questions. I don't yeah, know. Yanked in. Okay. Wow. All right. That's a, that's a great question. It is a good question. Yeah. I mean, only real Lyle Alzado, Darth Vader fans will love it. Yeah. All right. Qu- question four. Who is the only team to play in three consecutive Super Bowls? Uh, well, the Buffalo Bills played in four, so that's an easy question. I'm assuming, assuming the time of this thing's production. Again, this is pre, I think, like 1988 or 89. Oh, oh, 88 or 89. So, uh, no, so it wouldn't be the Bills then. So, pre, uh, that would be the Niners? Consecutive, I mean, year after year after year. Yeah. Uh, Three of them. Oh, my gosh. I got to roll my way through history here. Uh, let's see. The Packers went to two. Giants were, no, no. Uh, Redskins. No, wait, 87. No, wasn't the Redskins. Ah, um, see, this is again, this is, I could come to, I could probably land on this thing, but it'll take me. Oh, Miami dolphins. You are correct. A lot of fans in the, in the media had the bills and the best, but it is the Miami dolphins. Yep. That All was right. A, yep. Undefeated were you dolphins. not, were you not hitting freaking Google button? Dude, my hands are right here, man. No, I'm not hitting the Google uh, button. All right. I'm hoping so. I'm hoping I'm not working. that fast, Mikey. There's no way here. I'll I'll hold my phone up here, which is over here. here. I'll hold my phone up here so you can you can see it. I trust yeah. you. All right. Question number five. You are now two and two. As of 1985, who is the only team not to score a touchdown in a Super Bowl game? Uh only team not score a touch. Well, the freaking Redskins, man, thirty-eight to you nine. Could, you could put the phone down. Okay. Yeah, we beat them thirty-eight to nine, right? The only team no, but wait, we, not- no, but we blocked an extra point. Hold on. The only team to not score a touchdown uh, in a Super Bowl game. New England Patriots against the Bears in eighty-five. It says as of nineteen eighty-five. As, Who is the only oh, team not gosh. to score a touchdown? Okay, hold on. Let me. I just got to think through here. I'll, I'll get to it. Um, let's see. Uh, the losing teams. So, oh, man. See, this is not going to be good radio. It's just me sitting here clicking through every Super Bowl <laughs> in my brain. Um, so, we got. I'll give you a little hint. You just mentioned a team with three consecutive Super Bowls. Yeah, that was the Dolphins. So you're saying so one of the teams that the Dolphins beat? Um, so they beat the Redskins. Uh, and then they beat the Cowboys. Five seconds. Oh, gosh, man. I, I don't remember what the score was in that Super Bowl when they beat the Cowboys. Um, Wrong, you I, lost. I don't know. Give it to Miami me. Miami Dolphins. The Miami oh, Dolphins. Sure, shark. <laughs> Again, these questions are obscure, which one? but it's kind of it's which kind one? Of, which Super Bowl? It doesn't say. It just says Miami Dolphins because they right. lost. I think did they lose that one to the? I don't think they. Yeah, they lost that one to the Cowboys. I'll bet you that's what it was. I, anyways, I don't remember what the score was. Okay, all right, fair enough. Good question. Time for another obscure question. All right, <laughs> question number six to end out our Stump Murph trivia. All right, which it it stumps every single one of us. This trivia game. Uh, yeah, don't honest. act like in the chat, like you know this stuff down there, chat room. 
These are freaking good questions, man. Yeah. Chuck, Chuck Town Raider said, I love this. More trivia, please. <laughs> maybe, we'll, maybe we'll have a trivia night with a couple of cocktails I mean, and go. <laughs> I'm, I'm halfway decent on Super Bowl trivia, too. I mean, these are, these are tough questions, but go ahead. Go ahead. I'm not making excuses. All right. I'm owning my performance. The question number six. God, this is so random. Who televised the first Super Bowl? ABC. Final answer? Yes. No, it's and, NBC. And CBS. Yes, I knew that. Oh, it's as soon as you started to say it, I, I remembered that because that's in the NFL films that they show that in that's of Super Bowl one. They show that both it was the only one that was covered by two networks. Yes, good call. And Mikey. that's crazy. That is a Raider mm. trivia question because we were in the first Super Bowl, right? Second one. Oh, I thought it was versus the Packers. Isn't that the first one? Packers Chiefs was the first one. We were the second one. Ah, uh, you're right. See, this is proven not to be 100% Raiders. That's trivia. what I'm saying, man. It's not Raider trivia. Well, it's, some it's like, of it is. It's kind of. You know what the dude probably should have wrote NFL trivia, but the sticker is Raiders trivia. <laughs> so let's go with that. All right. So there it is. Apparently we stuck Murph. You got me. Fell expert in the history and the lore. So 100% stuffed, we stumped Murph and everybody else. So it doesn't matter. Uh, so there it is. This has been Mondays with Mike and Murph. We hope you guys had a fantastic time. We did. We asked a lot of questions about our Raiders. We had a fantastic time. Many of you guys chimed in. And let's just get back to it. Um, the game started probably already started. Who do you got tonight? Packers, Lions, Murphy. Yeah, give me the give me the Packers, but the Lions just scored again. Oh, they're, nope, they're not didn't let they didn't get in the end zone. Uh it looks like it's Packers ball on the one yard line. So oh, now they're saying a touchdown. So now it is Lions 10-0 over Green Bay. So uh, uh but I'm still taking the Packers. I got money on them. Spoiler alert, man. I'm recording the game. I'm going to go. Oh, sorry about that. I mean, nothing happened. It's zero, zero. It's zero, 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 zero. Hey, but again, we will try to be here each and every Monday in live sometimes. And I'm going to be honest, and I hate saying this because you guys always use it against me. But I'm dealing with a lot of personal things, health issues, mental issues, family drama and whatnot. So sometimes I need to take a break. And I hope you guys will understand. But I hope you guys look forward to the next Mondays with Murph. Technically slated for next week after our victory versus the Green Bay Packers. And I appreciate you guys for tuning in each week. Murph, let everybody know where they can find you and give everybody your insight as we move on out of here. RaidersFanRadio.com, MurphsFanCave.com. You can call us. You can email us. uh, But most importantly, please, again, help us out on the YouTube. That's our latest initiative. We appreciate you. We love you. Go Raiders. Go Raiders. He said himself, all information from Murph and everything else, our lines are all 100% down below. So you know what time it is, Ration. It's time for me to press these dang buttons, and we go get on out of here. But my dang computer does not like me sometimes, so it, it, it pauses. All right. We'll see you next Monday after a big Raiders victory. Let's go. This has been Mondays with Mikey, and you are Murph. Murph. Sounded like a dog singing a Murph. Murph. <laughs> I love that. I love that. All right, y'all. This has been Monday with Mikey and Murph. Do the thumb dance like Murph does. We talk Raiders and football dirt. We are a pretty cool, fun Raider talk show. We're going to have good times. Let's go. This has been Mondays with Mikey and Murph. Thank you all for tuning in. And I will cut up some of these segments and I will post them during the week. 
So hopefully we find more fans. We love you. We thank you. God bless. We'll see you next Monday. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all stages or situations. Some call it insight. Others call it vision. At Pershing, we call it perspective. A perspective you'll benefit from. From a custodian you can rely on. One who can help navigate the big picture. And whose products give you a competitive edge. One who considers everything. What will help you succeed today and tomorrow? Open yourself to a new perspective and open the possibilities. Consider everything. BNY Mellon Pershing. Learn more at pershing.com slash RIA. Pershing Advisor Solutions, LLC. Member FINRA SIPC. Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy, our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com. Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy, our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com.